I've had to deal with more fear as a Christian who's a black man than when I was a gangbanger. I was ready to die as a gangbanger. I was ready to give my life for killing another black man. But now that my life has been transformed by the gospel and I'm living for a higher calling, it's a different type of fear. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jonathan. I'm your Stay Fort Designs content producer, and you have been hanging out with me for this special series, Dear White Leaders, and we have another great episode for you today. We're going to be in part four of these great conversations. I say they're great because they truly are. They're not always happy and joyful, but there is joy and hope within each of these conversations. They're very real. They're very raw. They're necessary, and I have grown tremendously just sitting with them. I've shared them all with friends and said, hey, let's have conversations around these. Let's talk. I've gone to people that I know that I respect that are black leaders and said, Hey, I took away this from a recent podcast we have. Let's talk about that. Can you shed some more light on here? And I would encourage you to do the same, you know, cut out some distractions, give 30 minutes of your time to sit with this one. Our guest today, Myron Pierce is awesome. We love Myron and everything that he does. And he's going to shed some great light and drop some amazing truth bombs in an honest and an honoring way that is going to provide hope and encouragement. Because look, we all want to move forward. We want to lead better. And white leaders especially need to hear what's being said in these conversations. And if we really, truly want to come together and grow together, we need to listen, we need to learn, we need to reflect, and then we need to apply what we've learned and take practical next steps. So enjoy this conversation with Myron Pierce. And then once you're done with this episode, head over to stayforth.com and check out our new resource that's on our field notes page, stayforth.com forward slash field notes, stayforth.com forward slash field notes. And you'll find a great growing list of movies, documentaries, books, and conversations that are recommended to help white leaders and any leader, especially who's unsure of what to do in these current times to grow together and to move forward. So enough talking, sit down, grab a new cup of coffee and enjoy this conversation with Myron Pierce. Well, friends, I've got a good friend of mine on the other end, just a guy that I greatly respect today as we continue this series, Dear White Leaders. We're talking honestly. These are raw conversations. They're open, and we are being led. If you are a white leader listening to this, pull out your earbuds and listen. That is, I, I think, so much of the challenge in this season is that we are talking so much that we haven't taken the posture of listening. So I am enjoying listening to good friends of mine, Myron. So good to have you back on the podcast, my man. Oh man, it's good to good to be back, bro. Good to be back hanging out with you, man. Well, God is using you in some incredible ways right now. You're actually the only three timer that's been back on the podcast. So back for a third Let's time, go, baby, <laughs> holding the crown, uh, man, love, love what God's doing, uh, in you, through you and your family. I know you've taken some time of rest as well. Even that's not an accident to be able to come back and to lead God's using your voice in a lot of ways. And so today we want to hear from you personally, the guy. Uh, the dad, the pastor, the husband. Um, and so we want to dig in to your story. I just, I value so much of what God is doing, not just in you, but using you in North Omaha and beyond. Uh, before we dig into this, share just, you do a lot of stuff. Share the different pieces of your vocation, Myron. Yeah, I think the best way to explain it is a side hustle pastor. <laughs> um, I'm engaged in ministry in the marketplace. Uh, I don't see them as 
quote unquote separate in terms of boxes. I, I see it as, hey, this is the kingdom of God. And as a leader, I want to um, inspire uh, hope in both of those domains. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of been my my thing over the last decade, man. Um, just stepping into those streams to to bring God glory and to do do what I can to unleash unprecedented hope. And to give a little bit of context, guys, um, you can go back and catch Myron on some of the early episodes of the podcast. He shares his story. Um, before we kind of move on, um, also, Myron, talk a little bit about some of the digital space um, that you guys have been inhabiting. Obviously, Corona has been a massive obstacle, and you guys have turned it into an opportunity. Share about that a little bit. Yeah, I think we've been one of the forerunners in in being practitioners. Uh, there's some theoret- there's some theory guys out there, some guys who are doing the research on how to how to be a how to be a digital church. Um, but we've kind of stepped into the practitioner side of that. And so we've launched what I call Digi Churches. Um, wrote a book in the pandemic called Digital Ministry that became an Amazon bestseller in five different categories. I think I think people were just wanting to learn more. And then just recently I want I launched Digi Church, how the church can change the digital world. And again, it's a bestseller. So I think this idea of digital is not going away. And since COVID-19, we've launched 10 digital churches or digi churches, and we're reaching people all over the world. And uh, so it's, it's been an incredible, it's an incredible season to like optimize uh, the attention of people who are already in the digiverse that need uh, the gospel. Love it, man. Love it. All right. So we want to start personal. Myron, how did the murder of George Floyd and the reactions that have broken out all over the country personally affect you? It's a culmination of over 200 years of this happening. It's in my bones. It's in my, the very fabric of who I am that we have a, a history that's bloody. And because it's bloody, it's more than bothersome. You know, I was on sabbatical, bro. And if I'm being honest, I just told God I quit, man. I quit trying. I quit. Uh, I'm, I'm done. Like, God, I've tried to model diversity and justice by leading a multi-ethnic church, multi-generational, multi-socioeconomic, and feeling hopeless that, like, man, this system's not just broken. It, this system was built this way. And God, I don't know if I'm the one for the job because the pain I feel of, and not just the pain, the fear I feel. And I mean, we can go back a couple murders ago, Ahmaud Arbery. And, you know, while I was on sabbatical, just feeling like, man, I can't even, I can't even, I can't even walk right. I can't even jog, you know? And so I've been saying this, I've had to deal with more fear as a Christian who's a black man than when I was a gangbanger. Wow. I was ready to die as a gangbanger. I was ready to give my life for killing another black man. But now that 
my life has been transformed by the gospel and I'm living for a higher calling. It's a different type of fear. Now it's not just the fear. It's, it's the fear of, will my wife be a widow? Will my kids be orphans? And I, I fear that, um, I love what Will Smith said, because people think that this is some new phenomenon. It's not, it's, uh, it's just getting filmed. That's what Will Smith said. And because it's being filmed, we're poised to put a mirror up to who America really is, you know? Wow. So I'm, so I'm wrestling with fears. I, I'm wrestling with fatigue. I, I call it um, color fatigue. I told my wife, I said, I, I, I think for the first time in my life, I don't want to be a black man. Mm. Because to be black is to be criminal. And I can't do anything about my color. And so that that's what makes makes it makes it makes you feel hopeless. It's like, man, I was born this way. I, you know, I couldn't control. I could, like I'm being the black man is being criminalized for something he or she can't change. And that's what makes it hard. And that's what makes it like. Like God, why why did I have to be the the minority? Because the majority has privileges that looks like I'll never have. Thanks for sharing, man. I, that breaks my heart, but I appreciate your honesty, and we need it. Just personally in our friendship, we need it here on the podcast. We need it as we watch and as we listen. Um, man, appreciate that, Myron. Um, unfortunately, uh, things like this will probably happen again, uh, and probably be throughout the media, probably be in the news when a public atrocity happens like this, what is helpful, uh, for a white friend to reach out and do and say who you're already in relationship with, and then what's not helpful at all or even hurtful. I think what's not helpful is silence. I think I agree with Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, where it says there's a time and everything is a season. I think there's a time to be silent and there's a time to, to not be silent. And the only excuse I would um, get or allow to have happen for a white person to be silent is if they're listening to God first and on how to respond right so like um, an active listening god how would you have me yeah, respond ready yet yeah yeah i was on the phone with, with, with the district superintendent from the wesleyans doc, dr eastlack and he said you know i'm 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 silent because i'm sitting in phrases that i've heard from my black brothers and sisters and so there's a sitting in that needs to happen, a, an active listening that needs to happen so that we can capture the heart of God. But after we've heard from God, it's time to mobilize. And, and I've seen um, large organizations that would say they're Christian um, remain silent or, 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 or they've had prolonged silence to where they're now discredited by people of color because they took so long. And um, 
And so I think what's helpful is active listening, obviously. And then I think every self-professing Christ follower um, should take our lead from God. And we got to say something like we have to, because if we don't say anything, it's a threat to every single one of us. It's, it's a threat. It's a threat because the next injustice will just get more louder and, and, and we'll get more numb. We'll get more numb. And, and I think the temptation is the black, you know, you know, pe- black, by, black bodies falling. We can get numb. Uh, it's just another black boy. You know what I mean? And, and I, I just would hope that we wouldn't move to the place of numbness, um, but we'd move to the place of proactive um, participation in, in calling evil, evil. Mm. And let I me camp out on that for a second, uh, Myron. When, when a, a white leader or organization is silent, how does that make you feel? That you're not with us, that you're not with me. It makes me feel like I'm alone. Mm. It, when you feel like you're alone, you're defenseless. Mm. I, don't, I don't have anybody to have my back. If I die, will you be silent? Because, for, because to be silent on, on Ahmaud Arbery or the young lady who was an EMT, the police came in, kicked her door down, murdered her. What if, what if that happened to me? You know, would you be silent? And, and, and so, you know what I mean? And so it's like, unless it hits home, we're not, we're, we're silent. And, and the reality, man, is I think we, we, it, this conversation requires a, a level of empathy that's beyond intellectual. It's, it's like, what if that was me? So it makes me feel like, man, if you didn't say nothing, you didn't say anything for George Floyd, George, I am George Floyd. You know, I remember when Jesus said, if, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. If you've done that to him, you've done it to me. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, and so if you've done it to me, that means see where we're at. You know? Uh, thanks. Thanks for that. What else? What else is not helpful? from a white friend or leader as they're reaching out to you? Well, I mean, well, let me, can I just share what has been helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Like what has been helpful is the reaching out because in times like this, friendship matters. What's not helpful is, is whether, is the, the contacts in our phones. Is my phone full of all black people? Is my phone full of all white people? That's not helpful. It's not helpful because when it's time to speak up, it's hard to speak up for people you don't know. That's a good word. And so I see why some people aren't speaking up. You don't even have a black person in your phone. And so that's not helpful. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I'll say this, bro. I have a friend who asked me, what should I say? And, and, and that's good. I mean, that's, that's novel, that's noble. But beyond what can I say? The question is, who do I need to become? 
because here's the, here's the problem with all of this. Say a white leader speaks up and says something. Say a white leader comes out and says, man, black lives matter. Like Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz is going hard in the paint right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he's yep. he's like Martin Luther. He's like the white king right now, you know? And um, he going hard in the paint. And I say, like, if white leaders are going hard in the paint saying black lives matter, justice needs to needs to happen. Um, we need equity. And, you know, if if we're saying all of that. But your systems and structures are saying are saying something different. That's hypocrisy. So I can't stand up and say black lives matter, but I'm not willing to change the to change my governing board, which is all white. That's not that's not integrity. Integrity is 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 what I'm saying publicly and what I'm doing privately. And so I see white leaders standing up saying black lives matter. But they give their marketing dollars to a large corporation that's largely white instead of working with a company right in the backyard of their community. There's two different messages we're sending. And if we want to, if we want to be integral leaders who really fight for true biblical justice, we have to be whole in our approach publicly and privately. It's good, man. Let, let's keep digging on this. What are some other things that white leaders can do to not just speak, but to act again, not just in this moment, not just in response to one event, but in response to the fact that the tables are not equal. What can we do as leaders? Okay. Well, if so, for example, um, I, I've been pitching this. You, you remember the old school evangelism track where God is on one side and you're on the other side and there's a gap between you and God and, you know, and then the cross oh, comes yeah. down out of the sky. <laughs> I, pr- I proposed a slightly different one as well. I'm guessing you're tweaking with that simplistic model. You chuck the dude over the, over the thing or he walks over the cross and climbs. And I, I get it. <laughs> well, take that framework right there and, and I'll insert a new title, call it half built bridges where you're, we're on one side, black people, white people, you know, we're all on one side. And on the other side is what we call biblical justice, justice, right? And what we've, what we've historically done when something like this happens, where, where George Floyd died, you know, a person like George Floyd gets, gets murdered. We'll, we'll host a citywide event and we'll, we'll pray for each other. And we'll cry on each other's arms, Right. That's a half bill bridge. That's not bad. We've reacted. We've, re- you know, or, re- or responded. However, that's it's just what we do. We're supposed to do that. Boom. We come out on our websites, our website, or, or I go to um, Amazon and I quickly see Black Lives Matter on Amazon. Right. Or whatever. Like, all that, like that's good. But it's just a half bill bridge. It doesn't get us to true justice. We need to build the bridge so that we can get the justice. And building the bridge is this. It just, it dropped in my spirit. We bring people into our organizations and institutions when we want to grow churches. They're called consultants. When we're doing a capital campaign, we bring in a consultant. When we're, bring, when we're doing uh, something on church ministry or, or, or we bring in consultants. Very rarely. In fact, I've never even heard of it. Do we bring in 
a justice officer, a justice consultant. I believe the next phase of true justice in America when it comes to the church, the white evangelical church, is putting your money where your mouth is and bringing in consultants who can get up under the hood of your organization and build out a documented justice journey, a plan that can be measured. And then we bring in tools and tactics to help um, the justice journey happen. So that's what I'm, that's what white leaders, that's what we should do. I think that's because if we don't, when something like this happens again, then we're going to do, we're going to do the platitude thing again. We're going to stop. We're going to say, I'm sorry. We're going to do that. And we're going to do all those things, which are half built bridges. So I think we need to get up under the hood of our churches and organizations. And we need consultants, not just any consultant. We need black consultants, right? Black consultants who can speak comprehensively around issues of black and white problems, but also are able to be a bridge because that's what I think we need. We need black leaders who are able to understand where white people are coming from and where black people are coming from and then move us over the hill of a new bridge towards, towards justice. So that's what I'm proposing. That's what I think needs I to happen. I love it. I love it. It's so helpful. So what, what is that? Is it one part honest, one part hopeful? I'm full hopeful. I think I'm, I'm, I'm fully hopeful, right? Like I think it, it, you know, like I think pain has a way of, of moving us from hope, but it, but, could, but it could also be a magnet if, if we allow it to happen. Hmm. Man, I think that's a good challenge, Myron. And I think actually we have access uh, to one and Melinda Joy Mingo would be one that she came on a couple episodes ago. She's actually stepping onto our Stay Forth team. We're inviting her in. It's encouraging when you say that because we're literally inviting her in to help us. And we are saying, and, and I'm a consultant myself, so I know the beauty of coming into an org, but you also leave at the end of the day and they have to take the next steps of the consultant. They can't fix it for you, but they can definitely diagnose the problem and say, are you hungry enough to actually do something about this? Man, Myron, super practical. I love that. Anything else? What, I mean, every, every white leader has got access to this could, you know, send out a, send out a tweet and do, you know, like you said, the platitudes, every person that leads a team can do something, anything else practical or specific Myron? that we can yeah, do to work I mean, toward equity? I, yeah, I think, um, I think we need to look at who our mentors are. I think you need to be mentored by a black person. I think you need to reach out, even if you don't know them, say, hey, will you mentor me? You know, I, in fact, I would, I would even venture to say, you need to pay them for their time. Put some skin in the game. It's like coaching. It's like coaching. It's like coaching. And uh, anything we can do, anything you can do to position yourself as a learner, for example, um, I have leaders in my city who's who's joining a little community I, I've I've built, small little Facebook community, about 450 people. It's called Unity and Reconciliation. It's called UNR Community. It's actually people outside of Omaha now. And once you join that community, it's a it's an accelerated immersion of education relationships. We do a monthly book club. Um, we do interviews. In fact, 
if you're going to be a part of the community, you have to sign up for sign up within the within 90 days to be um, in our in a in a in a cohort. I call it a UNR cohort, and and we take my little book, uh, Black and White, you know how unity and reconciliation can save America, and we process that together. I think the more we can build relationships. And so if there, if it's not that, I would recommend jumping into a community. Um, you know, Latasha uh, Morrison, I believe, Be the Bridge, it's a great community. Um, so that, be a part of a community, find a coach, find a mentor, get justice consulting. Um, those are things that can build the bridge. Uh, oh man, that's so good. So some of that's education. And you're talking about relational education, experiential education. Get in there and ask some questions, be mentored by. What about formal? Any books, documentaries, resources, um, other than your Facebook group that you could point to? Yep. So I wrote two books, um, Black and White, and then How to Be White in a Black Man's World. Also, I'd recommend maybe 13th on Netflix. That's a good one. 13th Amendment or something like that. I think Brian Loritz, I think Dr. Mason, uh, he wrote Woke Church. Uh, that's, a that's, a, that's a good one. Um, you just get on Amazon and, you know, in, inside, outside. Brian Loritz, uh, Denise Cole, I believe his name is. There are some thought leaders around this, and they're, and they're people of color um, that we need to be learning from. Good. It's a great list. We've got a, a list going if you're listening to this, if you're watching this. Go on over to stayforth.com backslash field notes. We've got a list to educate ourselves about racism. We'll add a couple of those resources to that. Uh, man, Myron, I wish we could go for hours. We've got a couple more questions. So good, man. Um, maybe exercise the prophetic a little bit here. What's your dream or desire for the church 20 years from now in this area of racial equity and racial reconciliation? When I'm in my late 50s, early 60s, I'd like to be sitting, hanging out with you, um, maybe on, in, in, on a mountain somewhere in Colorado and saying, you remember when we had that podcast and we were talking and you asked me that question about, about what I see and, and you'll say, yeah. And I say, man, isn't it great that justice was made king in America? Isn't it great that churches are more diverse? Isn't it great that the next generation have a foundation that they can trust, believe in, uh, work towards, build upon? And isn't it great that our kids live in a more just America? I'm in. See you in 20 years, man. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. But because I think about, you know, you're, you're a father, I'm a father. We think about our kids and we think about what's the world they're going to grow up and what can we do right now in this moment that I wish people would have done 20 years ago mm-hmm. and everybody listening you have an opportunity you're a leader you have influence period if you have a pulse you have influence some of you listening had a lot of influence and some of you got a little bit scared when you said or when when Myron said those things because you said I, I could actually do that maybe I should what's my next step in that and we're always asking what's what's the next step so always hope and always honesty. That's what I appreciate about you, Myron. That's why I said, man, we got to get you back on the podcast. I appreciate how both of those come together, but all with the hope of the gospel underneath it. What else, man? What else would you like to say to white leaders? Well, I'd like to say 
you're needed. You're needed in, in such a racialized culture where the height of hate and hope. And, and I just want you to know, don't back out. Don't back down. Don't quit. You're still necessary. You're human. You have the image of God. And if God created you in his image, you matter and you're wanted. And um, I'd be the first to say that we're in this together. So don't give up. Keep fighting to learn. Keep fighting to, to position yourself to um, be all that God wants you to be and to lead how God wants you to lead. Man, well, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time, your relationship. And I do believe God has you uniquely positioned right now to help many, many leaders. I love what you're doing there in Omaha, in the Digi space and beyond. Appreciate you so much. Love you, man. And love you too, bro. thank you, thank you, thank you for your hope and the honesty that you bring the church. I so respect you. Bro, thanks a lot. Well, guys, I just want to say that I'm thankful for Myron and his willingness to sit down and have this conversation with Alan. This was a big one. And it was very practical. And so I just want to leave you with this challenge. What are the half-built bridges in your life and leadership? What are they? What do they look like? And what is it going to take to finish them? And then once you finish building them, who do you know that has half-built bridges? And who can you help finish theirs? And I think that's very profound. It's simple. It's not easy. And it's going to require action. We can listen to podcasts. We can read books. We can have conversations. But until we say, hey, we're going to put our feet to the ground and take our next right step, will never change. And if we want to lead well for the long haul, we want to lead right side up and want to continue to pursuing that dream of standing on a mountain 20 years from now, it's going to take taking next steps. So that's my challenge to you. Don't forget, we have a great list of resources coming together on our field notes page. It's going to help white leaders educate and become more aware of racism and how to overcome them and how to have dialogue and grow so that we can lead better together and lead right side up for the long haul. You can find this over at stayforth.com forward slash field notes. That's stayforth.com forward slash field notes. As always, you can catch the right side up leadership podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, wherever you consume podcasts. And until next time, we'll see you on the next episode.